0: It's one of the many privileges as pastor to baptize new believers in Jesus Christ and uh, those who come into our church fellowship from different denominations. Tonight we have four to welcome into our church membership. We believe baptism is important because of the model of Jesus. I'm reading from Mark chapter 1, verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens open and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, Thou art my beloved Son, with Thee I am well pleased. We believe that baptism is an act of obedience. It's an ordinance in the Baptist church because it's been ordained by Jesus. And we are here tonight or this evening to celebrate these four who were following Jesus in obedience. Through these baptismal waters will you bow with me father as we gather here tonight let us never lose sight of the excitement and joy in heaven when one person repents and comes home to you we thank you for these four who have come to know you have invited you into their hearts have found forgiveness of sins and a relationship with you that will last forever Help us as a church family by seeing them baptized, not only to remember our own baptism and our own relationship with you, but to begin encouraging these as they follow you too. Thank you for making room for us. Thank you for making room for everybody. When Jesus died on the cross, this was made possible. And we celebrate that promise tonight. In his name we pray. Amen. This is my brother in Christ, Benjamin Brock. Let me invite his family gathered here. Those who have taught and nurtured Benjamin in Sunday school or RAs or choirs. to join with us in standing at this time and witnessing this event. Benjamin, it's my privilege. Jesus Christ. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, Benjamin Charles Brock, my brother, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Benjamin, having been buried with Christ in death, you're free to rise and walk in the newness of life. This is my brother in Christ, Tripper Salmons. Let me invite his family and those who've taught Tripper in Sunday school or RAs or other activities here at church to witness this event by standing with us at this time. Tripper, it's my privilege to ask you, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, Tripper Dane Salmon's my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Tripper, now you've been buried with Christ in death, and you're free to rise and walk a new life in him. And this is my brother in Christ, Arthur Marth. Let me invite those who've taught him and nurtured him and welcome him and his family into our church to stand at this time. Arthur, it's my privilege to be able to ask you, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, Arthur Charles Marth, my brother, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Arthur, you've been buried with Christ in death, and you're free now to rise and walk a new life with him. Amen. This is my sister in Christ, Victoria Stone. Let me invite those who've taught her and encouraged her and and witnessed to her to stand as we share this moment together her family as well. Victoria, it's my privilege to ask you, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ?
1: Yes, sir, I
0: do. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, Victoria Renee Stone, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You've been buried with Christ in death. Thank you. You're free to and walk in newness of life with Him. There's always room for more. This baptismal water is ready and it beckons all who love Jesus to come and follow Him in obedience through baptism. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount that uh, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a lampstand for all the world to see. So not only should these four, but all of us should go and let our light shine and make a difference in the world around us. Shall we pray? Father, as we celebrate these who have been baptized, help us all to remember our salvation in the past, to know that you're working with us in the present and to prepare for that eventuality when you will call us home one day to be with you. We celebrate what you're doing among us. Help us always to be a church that opens its arms and embraces everyone from all walks of life to make a place to celebrate what you're doing among us. We love you and we praise you. We worship you. Help us now to go and make disciples and baptize and teach all things that you have commanded us, knowing you'll be with us always, even into the end of the age. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Welcome to worship here at First Baptist Church of Tifton. Hi, my name is Frieda Richardson, and I'm a part of the family here at First Baptist Church. And we're just so glad that you're worshiping with us today. I just hope that you have a true, deep encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you've never had a personal relationship with Lord Jesus Christ, or you have never accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, let today be that day. We have some wonderful counselors that are standing by right now, ready to talk to you, to read the Bible to you, to pray with you, whatever concerns you have. They would love to help beat your needs. And you can call them right now at 229-382-6063. So go ahead and give them a call right now. But we just also want to let you know about the ministries that we have here at First Baptist Church. You can go on our website to find out all the things you can to help you with your family so that you can grow in the Lord. We have ministries for all ages. And just go on our website at www.fema.org fbctifton.org. You will find out everything that's going on with the adults, the senior adults, the youth, the children. And you can see where you can come and plug in to what's going on here at First Baptist Church. And it just really makes me excited to even talk about our church. But I also have this little saying that I love, that I want to share with you, that really helps me out so much. And it goes like this. Live well. Laugh often, live simply, care deeply, laugh as much as you breathe, and love as much as you can, because we are the church built on love. So come on, be a part of First Baptist Church, and thanks again for coming and worshiping with us.
0: Different rooms to meet and uh, to get our committees off to a good start for this church year. So those are a few of the things coming up. We are glad that you're here. If you're a guest with us tonight, maybe you've come to share in a family uh, with the uh, baptism or something like that. Uh, We're glad that you're here and you've chosen to worship with us tonight. And and we're going to ask that you just remain seated right now. Our members are going to stand to greet you and to greet one another. It'll make it easy for us to find you. If you'll just remain seated, our ushers will come forward and give you some information about our church. And in there is a visitor registration form. And if you don't mind, Giving us the information that's requested there and returning that to us during the offering time, we would appreciate that very much. So if you are a guest with us tonight, please remain seated so that we can find you and greet you.
3: So grateful to you for this beautiful Sabbath day, and for all the blessings and life that you give us each day. Well, we are so blessed to live in the free world that we do, so that we have the freedom to study your word, to rejoice with friends, and above all, to acknowledge you as our Lord and Savior. Now, as we prepare Lord for the offerings tonight. We ask that you continue to bless them for the success of the ministry in our church. Now, as we prepare to go our way, we ask, the Lord, that you continue to bless us. Have mercy on us and forgive us of our sins.
0: In Christ's name I pray. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Well, anytime we observe the ordinance of baptism, I love talking about baptism because it is part of who we are. It's an important part of who we are. And and a lot of folks who see it or perhaps watching by television from other denominations or even non-Christians wonder why is baptism such a big deal? Particularly, why do we immerse? Why is that so important to us? Why are we called Baptists? Acts 8, 35 through 39 is the passage of the uh, Ethiopian eunuch and Philip. And Philip jumps up in the chariot and explains to him the scriptures. And the eunuch is saved. And he looks at a pool of water and says, what stops me from being baptized? And so Philip, right then and there, baptizes that, that man. And then they separate and go on their ways. Acts 8, 35. Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scriptures, he told him the good news of Jesus. And as they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What is to prevent my being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught up Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way, rejoicing. Let's pray. Father, as we gather, not only to witness baptism, not only to remember our own, but also to to recall why it's so important, what the Bible teaches and what it represents. Let us never take this sacred rite for granted, but help us to celebrate and see it from your perspective. And all that it means for all eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Baptists are called people of the book. And uh, we like that title because we believe that everything that we say and do, everything is Baptist that we adhere to, comes straight out of the Bible. If God's Word teaches it, then we ought to practice it. We need to go by the book. And central to who we are as Baptists is that we practice baptism, biblical baptism. Our name is interesting. Baptist was originally given to us as a term of derision. Folks were making fun of us in Europe because uh, our forebears were called Anabaptists, and that means to baptize again. They were baptized upon their profession of faith in addition to having already been baptized as infants in the other church. And uh, by refusing to baptize infants from that point forward, they were accused of murdering the souls of unbaptized babies because they denied the need for infant baptism. They did not believe that baptism alone saved you, which was where infant baptism came from. It came from uh, the reality in the Middle Ages that even before that so many children died in infancy And and parents began to be afraid that if my child, my baby, died without being baptized, would they be able to go to heaven? So they began baptizing infants just to be sure that they would go to heaven when they died. Well, Anabaptists came along and said that baptism didn't save you. They believed only a person mature enough to be responsible to God who had invited Jesus of their own free will and volition into their heart and life and found forgiveness of sins, that they should be baptized and that baptism should be by immersion. And those who came into their fellowship from other beliefs were baptized. And as a result, Anabaptists were persecuted. Many of our forebears were jailed and burned at the stake and executed for standing by their beliefs in baptism. So why do we make a big deal about baptism? We do because the Bible does. Because this book teaches that Jesus made a big deal about baptism. Our Lord said in the Great Commission, Go ye into all the world, and as you go, make disciples or followers of me. And those who accept me, you baptize them in my name. And then once you baptize them, then you begin to teach and train them to observe all things. That's why we think baptism is a big deal, because the Bible makes it a big deal. Jesus makes it a big deal. So should we. Some people treat baptism lightly. Kind of like a take it or leave it attitude. Do it if you want to, but if you're not real crazy about water or getting up in front of people, don't worry about it. Well, it is a big deal, according to the Bible. And this evening, I want to try to show you why. And I'm going to talk about three things. How, when, and why of baptism. How, when, and why, real simple. How? How was baptism done in the New Testament? If you look at Acts 35 through 39, you'll notice that the eunuch was baptized in a pool of water. The biblical mode of baptism was immersion. Immersion. In fact, that's what the biblical word baptize literally means. Our word baptism is simply a transliteration of the Greek words "baptizine" from the Greek over into the English. If we accurately translated the word "baptizine," the translation would be to dip or immerse. It's a word that comes from the blacksmith's shop. that referred to the blacksmith taking his tongs and picking up a piece of hot metal and pushing it down completely under the water to cool it. It does not mean to sprinkle. It does not mean to pour. It never did. It means to immerse or submerge or dip completely underwater. This is interesting. Every early church practiced believers' baptism by immersion. As a matter of fact, if you go to the cathedrals in Europe, those built before the 13th century all had baptistries in them. For the first 800 years or so of its existence, the Roman Catholic Church... ...practiced baptism by immersion. And by their own documentation, the only reason they changed it was because it was inconvenient. Other denominations simply carried over a practice of sprinkling into their new faiths. So when when the Bible was finally translated from Greek into English in 1611 in the King James Version... ...almost all denominations were sprinkling instead of immersing because of its convenience... So when they got to Matthew 28:19 in the great commission, instead of translating the word baptizine as deep dip or immerse, they just made it up a new word from the Greek. The Greek word they made up was baptize. Translated correctly from the Greek, that verse Matthew 28:19 should say, "Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, immersing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit." It may be inconvenient to be immersed, especially uh, a thousand years ago, before heated baptistries, when it was cold in the winter in northern Europe. But it wasn't as inconvenient as what Jesus went through on the cross for our sins. He did that for us. So, is it too much for us to be baptized by immersion indoors in heated baptistries for Him? Philip took the Ethiopian down into the water and after baptism came up out of the water and in that water, Philip baptized, he immersed the Ethiopian. And that was the way Jesus was baptized. If you follow in the steps of Jesus, the passage I read from the baptistry, Mark 1, Jesus walked 40 miles to the Jordan River to do something he didn't have to have done because he was sinless. And yet because he saw the importance of instituting it, he submitted to baptism by immersion by John the Baptist. It doesn't say he was baptized with the Jordan water, splashed on him or sprinkled, it says he was baptized in the Jordan, then the Greek means in two. And coming up out of the water," it says in verse 10, "If he came up out of the water, where does that mean he had been? He had been down in the water. Jesus was baptized by immersion in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. He wasn't baptized because it was convenient. It wasn't. He walked a long way. But he went to the Jordan River because there was a lot of water there. And John the Baptist was there. And it takes a lot of water to baptize. So why do you make such a big deal about how one is baptized? Because the method of baptism is wrapped up in the meaning. And you can't change the method without changing the meaning. That's the how. Well, what about when? If baptism is a testimony to your personal commitment to Jesus. In the Great Commission, Jesus puts it in this order. Make disciples, baptize, and teach. There's no other order. It doesn't say baptize and then make disciples and teach. It doesn't say teach and then baptize and make, he says, make disciples first. Let me tell you what that rules out. That rules out infant baptism. A lot of times people will tell me, I don't need to be baptized again. I was baptized as a baby. And I'm sure that was a special moment of dedication for your parents, but it was not biblical baptism. There's nothing in the Bible about baptizing infants. There's not one account anywhere of a baby being baptized In the Bible, people are baptized when they reach the age of accountability and responsibility, repent of sins, and have, by faith, invited Jesus as Lord into their lives. And then give an outward expression of that inward experience. But until you've had that experience inwardly, you cannot express it outwardly. Let me tell you something else the Bible rules out. Baptismal regeneration, which means that baptism saves you. So, the moment of baptism is the moment of salvation. You're not fully saved until you're baptized. Well, what about the thief on the cross in Luke 23? He was saved and yet never baptized. In Acts 10 47, we read Peter says, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They've received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And that verse says they received the Holy Spirit before they were baptized, and you receive the Holy Spirit the moment you're saved. So Peter says, they've been saved, they received the Holy Spirit, now let's baptize them. Jesus said, become a disciple and then be baptized. So the moment of baptism is not to be in infancy, nor in order to become a Christian. So when should you be baptized? You should be baptized as soon as possible after your profession of faith in Jesus Christ. That's the pattern. In the Bible, the Philippian jailer and his family believed and they were baptized. Acts 16.33, at Pentecost, 3,000 were saved and were baptized. There's nothing in the New Testament about a a six-month new member class. They were saved and baptized as soon as possible. Baptism is like an inauguration ceremony, not a graduation ceremony. It marks a beginning. You don't wait until a probationary period has been completed in your marriage to put on your wedding ring. You put it on right after you say, I do. And that's the way baptism is supposed to be. According to the Bible, if a person professes faith in Jesus Christ on Sunday morning, if you have a chance to counsel with them and help them understand the significance of baptism, they could be baptized that evening or the next Sunday or the next If you've been saved already and you've never been baptized as immersion, by immersion as a believer, then you've already waited too long. There's no reason to wait any longer. That's the how and the when. What about the why? If everything else I have said this evening has not convinced you of the need to be baptized by immersion upon your profession of faith... Do it for this reason and this reason alone. Because Jesus, three words, because Jesus commanded it. For no other reason, be baptized as an act of obedience to him. In the Great Commission, once again, Jesus said, go and make disciples, baptize and teach. A a disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's what most of you here this evening are already, a disciple of Jesus And then he says, baptize them. That's part of his great commission. And all of those are imperative commands. Everything that Jesus said, go, make disciples, baptize, and teach. We're to baptize those we make disciples of. And they are to accept that mandate to be baptized. Yes, it's a mandate. It's a command from Jesus. The baptizing and the teaching are connected grammatically with the assignment to make disciples and as I said, it's an imperative. So Jesus commands us to baptize those who've become disciples and commanded those who've become disciples to be baptized. And Jesus said, whatsoever I have commanded, do. If you've never been baptized as a believer by immersion, as a witness, a testimony to your faith, it doesn't mean you're not saved. But it does indicate you aren't being obedient to the command of Jesus, your Savior. And it's hard to grow in the Lord if you aren't being obedient. Obedience brings joy and happiness. Every time somebody is baptized in the New Testament, it immediately says they came up out of the water and rejoiced. They celebrated. The Philippian jailer and his household, his family were baptized and his whole family was filled with joy in verse 34 of Acts 16. Obedience brings joy and happiness. And I want to say again that while baptism isn't necessary for salvation, it is necessary for obedience to Jesus. Being baptized doesn't make me a Christian any more than wearing this ring makes me married. But the ring shows that Susan and I are married. And baptism shows that you belong to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a symbol that never takes the place of the reality. But it must attest to the reality for one to be obedient to Christ and gain the blessing that comes from obedience. Baptism is a symbol, but don't ever say it's just a symbol. Men, let me give you a piece of advice. If your wife ever loses her wedding band, don't ever say, don't worry about it, it's just a ring. And you'll find out that it's more than a ring. This wedding band is a symbol. These flags are symbols, but don't don't ever say they're just symbols. Symbols are shorthand for powerful realities. Baptism points to our salvation. By itself, it can't save anybody. You're saved when you trust Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You're saved when his blood washes you white as snow. And if this evening you received Jesus and said, Jesus, I receive you. You will be saved as much as you'll ever be. And if you ever make a conscious and personal decision to see Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, if you never make that decision, then you can be held underwater until you sprout fins and you still won't be saved. Salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you trust Jesus, He'll save you right now. Then you'll want to be baptized as an act of obedience and let it be known by baptism. Now I belong to Jesus. We believe baptism is a big deal because the Bible makes it so, because Jesus indicates it so, and because we want to follow what the Bible teaches. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you that we have an ordinance like baptism that gives us the opportunity, the privilege to testify publicly that we believe in you as Lord and Savior and we are not ashamed to stand up for you even as you stood up for us on the cross. I know some people here this evening maybe have never invited you into their hearts and lives to be their Lord and Savior. Baptism won't do it. But once Jesus comes in and saves them, then baptism will be the outward sign of the miraculous transaction that has already taken place inside their hearts. Others have professed their faith in you and are saved, but for some reason are reluctant to follow you obediently in the waters of baptism. Maybe from another denomination. Maybe fear of water. Maybe fear of standing up in front of others. But Father, I just ask that you would help us be bold enough to do what you command us to do. To go and make disciples and baptize and teach. And we want to be like Jesus. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Nearer my God to thee, number 458, is our closing hymn this evening. And we'll open up the doors of fellowship to you, professing your faith, rededicating your life, joining this church. You come forward. We're going to stand and sing, and I'll be at the front to receive you with open arms. Let's stand together.